Hello and welcome to the For We Are Many podcast. My name is Rob. And my name is Trisha. And we will be your hosts for this evening. Excuse me while I, uh, I'm going to leave the overlay up just for a minute, hence the music. Give everybody time to get in. I am currently sharing this to groups. Um, if you could all take a moment to share it into a group or share it on the page, that would uh, be a great help. I hope everybody is doing great. I wish everybody a happy solstice. Agreed. Happy solstice, everyone. It's been a wonderful one over here so far. Hi, Mako. Hi, James. Um, we do have a much lighter week content-wise this week than we do last week. Um, I've been fairly busy with work. Trish has been on the road. Uh, we don't we don't have anything pre-recorded or really anything planned for this weekend. Um, but now that Trisha will be off the road, and hopefully I'll have at least a couple of weeks of reprieve from the crazy of the holidays um, before you know we get back into all-out tourist season. Um, hopefully we'll be able to being in the same location uh, actually get ahead on content again. Right. That's a big factor in the, the game plan here is we can get more shit done. <laughs> Hi, Wade. <laughs> Man, I can't wait to get there. I totally thought that said wool for a second. <laughs> wool. I'm just I'm just like, why? <laughs> Lightly itchy. But, a but warm. Yeah, very. <laughs> All right, I think I am ready. So I guess I can get rid of the background music there, drop our fancy overlay. How's everybody doing today? Well, we can't hear them, but you know, I'm doing all right. <laughs> um, Wade is apparently feeling very ram are you sure it's not a sheep it could be a sheep it's hard to tell it but it has the curved horns and it does i don't know uh all right so um <laughs> oh goodness today for our little uh rundown i guess on what we'll be talking about today i need to turn this music off that is so distracting what window is it in there it is you know i don't even hear the music anymore now it was just going through my headphones oh, okay gotcha um for our international news today we will be talking about how homeless activists in berlin occupied a five apartment house um i believe that was last weekend uh, as we all know, 
homelessness is becoming more and more and more and more of an issue um, everywhere. It's not, it's not just here. It's not just in your city. It's not just in your town. It's everywhere. Um, Wade says he's excited. <laughs> um, so Kellogg's, we have a few things to talk about with Kellogg's. Um, that actually might be the first thing that we cover tonight because there's the most to it. Uh, Kellogg's was trying to replace striking workers. Uh, the strike actually ended this morning, I believe. The votes were tallied. Um, I did see something mentioning that earlier during one of my meal pit stops, but I didn't get a chance to actually like dig in and find out any details. Um, I have to pull the link back up, but the uh, union themselves issued a statement about it, and that's my source of info for that. Um, but also the, uh, the Reddit, uh, the anti-work Reddit people were in force crashing the strike breaker hiring website portal. Um, that's always reassuring, uh, you know, workers sticking together. There was some quality control issues. Um, We'll get into that a little bit. Um, and of course, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders rallied in Battle Creek uh, on what I believe was the last day of the strike. And I think that the company came back with uh, a more meaningful proposal because of that. Um, I mean, he might never get my vote again, but he's the only person in the colonial government that I see <coughs> uplifting, actively attempting to uplift workers. Fair. Um, and even he is still just a social dem, a progressive, but at least he's trying to make some progress in the right direction where it seems like every fucking buddy else who's in there wants to move shit backwards. You know? Um, at least he's fucking trying. <laughs> <laughs> when I was talking about homelessness being an issue everywhere, Wade said, except China. I'd also like to right. add Cuba, Vietnam, Cuba. and Laos to right. that list. Right. Because they've solved homelessness. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to our overview. Um, I'll, I'll be reading from a, an article from the World Socialist website. Um about the portion of strikers who were opposing the tentative agreement and called for broadening the strike. So we're going to, we're going to hear both sides of this. Um, I, I mean, essentially the workers got what they were asking for. Um, but you know, like at that point there was a significant portion of the workers, obviously not a majority, but a significant portion of the workers that were like, we're not getting back pay or anything. No, it's not enough. Um, so we're, we're going to be talking about both sides of that. Although I will say that it is a pretty, it seems to me from the union statement that, um, it was a pretty decent deal. They got the things that they asked for. There is no permanent two tier wage system anymore. Uh, that was the big thing. Now there is one thing that I'm noticing that was not on it. Um, 
which was no more mandatory overtime, which was one of the big things that they were pushing for. So overtime should be optional, not fucking mandatory. <clears throat> right. You'd think uh, we're going to be overtime would be violating some kind of fucking labor laws. Nope. You would think, but nope, not as long as they're paying you for it. I mean, it's it's kind of like the deal where Marsha works, where they've got her working like 10 to 12 hour shifts, six, seven days a week. Um, usually seven. It's rare that she even gets a fucking day off from work at all. She'll work for months straight before she gets a day off. That type of shit should be illegal. You're right, James. Everything that starts with mandatory is not fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, let's see what other... Oh, shit. Wrong thing. What other things are we talking about? The uh, the 110 year sentence that uh, Rogel Aguilera Medeiros um, got. That's... It's due to a fatal crash on I-70 in Colorado um, and, and what the prosecutors chose to charge him with is ultimately where that ridiculous sentence comes from and we're going to use the opportunity to talk about mandatory minimums because holy shit. Uh, the company is not being charged even though they were the ones who provided him with faulty equipment. And I'm not saying he was in the right either. He he completely avoided two um, runaway truck ramps. Um, he apparently wasn't using his engine brake. He probably didn't know any better. He was pretty much brand new to driving. Um, but I, I think that the people that trained him and I think that the people that maintain that truck should be taking a portion of that sentence. But... Yep. Uh, that being said, we, we definitely have to talk about mandatory minimum laws and how they don't fucking help anybody. A man who was poorly trained and poorly maintained equipment is sentenced to 110 years in prison because of the negligence of his bosses. Um, and that has led to um, truckers boycotting deliveries. Um in Colorado. So the, we have a few things to talk about and there are some widely circulating images uh, from the boycott that are technically from when the highway was shut down due to high winds. Um, that being said, a significant portion of those truckers were saying, well, when they give us the all clear, we're not going anywhere. So I'm sure I-70 is a bunch of fun right now. The thing is, okay, what what the fuck was this guy even doing out by himself and not with a road partner when he's that fucking new? He should have had someone with decades of experience with him to help him in that situation because he had he had that guidance right there in the truck with him, then maybe he would have known to use his engine brake and known like, hey, these are runaway truck pull-offs here that you can make use of so that we don't fucking wreck you know things like that i mean if he's that fucking new he shouldn't have been driving in the mountains especially by himself at all not until they knew for sure that he knew how to handle any and every situation that comes his fucking way 
Agreed. Fucking totally agreed. That job is dangerous the fuck enough as it is. And so underappreciated. Um, they're, they're not having any fucking empathy for where this guy's coming from and hitting him with charges like that, with a sentence like that, <clears throat> with no comprehension of what it is to drive big shit and how fucking scary it can be when things like that happen. And you I mean, know? even the judge, and I'm not standing up here for the judge at all, but even the judge was like, this sentence is fucking terrible and there's nothing that I can do about it because his hands are tied by the mandatory minimum sentencing laws that we are talking about. Um, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I believe they charged him with negligent homicide um, and attempted negligent homicide for every injury. Oh my fuck. And, and I mean, we're talking about a truck that was doing fucking 70 miles an hour smashed into fucking stopped cars. Because his brakes burnt out. That's just fucking heartbreaking. That's not his fault that they sent him out with a truck that wasn't on point for driving in the fucking mountains. Agreed. And I will say, and I already said this once, and I will clarify again, there should be some sort of charge, some sort of sentencing here, because he did fail to go off. Well, first of all, he failed to test his brakes at the the check breaks here points. And apparently he admitted that in court. Um, and he knowingly drove by to runaway truck ramps, which that being said, I'm not a trucker, but I was told a long time ago in West Virginia by a lifelong trucker that you're told in your training to never fucking use them because wow. the comp because the company is fined for it. Because I'd if a trucker you get a fucking fine than have dead bodies no road that's the point that i'm making <laughs> so and james is just like west virginia right yeah so i i mean like capitalism exactly oh my god they're like oh no we can't have you getting us a fine because we give you faulty equipment and didn't make sure the brakes were functional Right. And uh, as Wade said here, that young man is traumatized. He was breaking down in court. I don't right. know how much like video from court we're going to be playing today. But yeah, I mean, it was obvious that that he felt like some serious remorse. And it was obvious that the thing was unintentional. And it was obvious that he was not well trained. Um, and again, I think there should be some sort some level of accountability with the company. the company itself. You can't put it all on the employees. Fuck no, but that's what they want to do. And that's, that's not okay. Like, should there be some accountability for this man? Yeah. For the reasons you just listed. But 110 years? Is that what you said? Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Like, you're never going to see the outside world again because you took a job 
as a trucker for a company that doesn't keep their shit together. Yeah. This man's life is over, and so is everyone who was killed in that accident or severely injured. You know, their their lives are forever changed, too, because this fucking company doesn't have any internal accountability. Well, and this is going to sound bad, but we all know it to be true. Hold on. Let me just screen share here. So I, I guarantee you that if this man was a white man, he would not have been charged as he was. <laughs> Um, but I mean, the dude's 26 years old and he, he was sentenced a minimum 110 years. That's not okay. No, it's not. So his attorneys need to take this to a higher court or something that this is not fucking okay. And a lot of this right here also needs to go back to the fucking jury on the case of like, how are they going to convict on every fucking charge there and completely erase the rest of this man's ability to have a fucking life at all. He's only 26. Yeah. So a family member of a man who died in the fiery 28 car pileup in Lakewood, Colorado said he did not want a life sentence for the truck driver. Right. Surprise. Um, and the district attorney attorney who is the one who Alexis King, who is the one who pursued the convictions that led to the sentence said in a statement, she would welcome a reconsideration of the prison term. She's the one who fucking set what that would be. She's the one that chose what to charge him with. Not the judge. But she's saying in the statement that she would welcome a reconsideration. Why didn't she fucking think of that from the beginning? Instead of trying to hit him with every fucking possible charge in the fucking book. Um, so the sentence stretched to more than a century because under Colorado law, first degree assault and attempted first degree assault are so-called crimes of violence in which prison sentences must run consecutively and not concurrently when they spring from the same incident. It's a fucking car accident. There was no malice there. Simply a lack of wisdom due to lack of experience and bad training. Um, this shit pisses me off. There's so no basically, um, the, the state does have a sentencing reform task force, which is about a year old and they're going to be trying to reduce the sentence, but we don't need minor reforms like this. that can just be taken away by the next fucking asshole that comes through there. Right. Reform is not the answer. And we all know that. This justice system is corrupt from its outset. Right. Um, oh, this this whole shit is fucked. The entire <laughs> Wade Wade said the district attorney should enjoy some of that sentence. McCose 
Mako said uh, no justice on stolen land. Agreed. Um, this this colonial court system has been corrupt since since, since sorry its inception, um, and that's not going to stop now. Um, I'm just using this as an example of why it's got to go. 110 years for a car accident. Yes, it was a 28 car pileup. Yes, there was negligence involved, but 110 years. Right. Simply for not knowing how to handle the situation. And yes, revolution is greater than reform. Much greater. Yes. I'm just going to leave that one on the screen for a minute. <laughs> yep. And yep, Wade agreed. A mistake he would be guaranteed to never repeat if he were free. Yeah. Yeah. For fuck's sake, he'd probably just be done altogether with the whole truck driving thing. I mean, think about it. He's probably got PTSD like a motherfucker from this whole situation. This, this poor guy. Dude, this is fucked up. We have actual heinous people out there committing vile fucking crimes every day and not being pursued at all for things like murder and rape. But somebody makes a mistake because they weren't prepared to be out on the road by themselves in a new fucking trucking job in bad equipment and he gets the whole fucking book thrown at him the whole fucking book and that's the thing is they're not even willing to enforce their own laws in cases where it actually matters but here they got to stick to the letter of the law you fucking right. kidding me and that's right. why I'm saying if that was a white man, there is no way that he would have been charged with all those charges. Correct. That's Correct. all there is to it. They would have been like, oh, you poor thing. You've been through a hard time. Why? Looking why at you, Kyle Rittenhouse. It's a fucking hard time for this gentleman, too. Um, I, I do want to, speaking of Kyle Rittenhouse, I'm not going to give him too much of our airtime, but I will name drop him to say that he unfortunately was greeted in Phoenix with a standing ovation at the Turning Point USA conference. Of course the trash at Turning Point would love him. Yeah. That little fucker belongs, well, we're on air, so I'll, I'll say in prison, but that's not what I was thinking. Eh, fascists get the wall. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> in uh, what has been dubbed hashtag, hashtag, Jesus Christ, take two. In what has been dubbed hashtag no trucks to Colorado, angry truckers are demanding the release of Aguilera Medeiros or a reduced sentence or else they will continue to reverse, <laughs> refuse <laughs> service to the state. And the boycott is gaining traction as multiple influential grassroots trucking activists are now speaking out and also joining the cause. In a Facebook Live video that has since gone viral, New Jersey trucker Rick Santiago told followers he is in support of the boycott. Quote, this is wrong and a miscarriage of justice. I would like to see Aguilera Medeiros get a much reduced sentence, and the only way to do that is to join forces. We, as an industry, need to stand up for this kid. Yup. Absolutely. 
Um, so you, know you may Colorado, have heard Colorado winter's about to be hitting real fucking hard. Let's see how your supply chain does when you don't have any truckers bringing you a fucking thing because you don't respect or appreciate them or have any fucking empathy for them when they're, you know, dealing with shit like this because it is a fucking hazard for anybody to come into the fucking state of Colorado hauling big ass trucks like that. It's a fucking hazard for truckers to drive anywhere that has steep mountain ranges like that. It's a fucking danger to their life. So if you don't want to appreciate what they're risking to bring you your shit, then I hope your whole fucking supply chain shuts down. Fuck them. Let's see how well they fucking do with all of these truckers going on strike. They ain't going to have shit. They need to release him. This is fucked. Um, James said, friendly, friendly, friendly. Obviously, you know, throwing some shade at Kyle Rittenhouse. Yep. Uh, but Wade has a great point here. Pedophiles being convicted and not even setting foot in a penitentiary. Rapists mm-hmm. getting less than five or not even being investigated. And that's if they're, that's if they are investigated and if they are caught. Okay. Yeah. But like 75% of rape kits in most major metropolitan areas never get tested. No, they sit in storage and they've got the audacity to claim that they don't have the money to send the shit to the lab and get it processed. But yet they, but got they have money, money for weapons of war. Fucking, yes. Yeah. Precisely. They got money to militarize their fucking police forces. Um, Stupid shit like Humvees and tanks and whatnot. And it's like, you don't fucking need that. You're a local cop shop. Like back in Michigan and fucking Burton. Fucking Burton got militarized equipment like that. And it's like, what the fuck do you need that shit for? For a fucking meth house raid? The Iosco County Sheriff's Department. Got a fucking MRAP. Right. They and the first thing that they did, the first thing that these incompetent assholes did was took it to Tuttle Marsh, which for those of you that aren't familiar with the area is a protected wildlife reserve and got it stuck. First thing they did with it. Of course, because they're fucking stupid. It's an MRAP, not a fucking fan boat. You don't drive it in the marsh. You don't drive anything in the marsh unless it's frozen, and then it better be a snowmobile. Right. Right. Otherwise, motherfuckers, stay on the road. There's one road that goes through it. Sometimes it gets washed out. If it's washed out, don't go. Right. Turn the fuck around. Fuck. I mean, that's what... But, I mean, you know, we're talking about, like, fucking... The Andy Griffith, the Andy Griffith show type sheriff's department. They've got like 13 fucking officers. Most of them are older than retirement age. And they gave these motherfuckers an MRAP to take out into the swamp. What? Um, bunch of fucking hillbilly pigs who are probably out there driving that thing around like, here, hold my beer. Watch this. Probably. And then they got it stuck in the marsh. Anyway, you, uh, <laughs> uh, Wade, uh, I wasn't laughing at your first comment. I totally agree. Uh, that said, I feel for the proletariat in Colorado. 
food and fuel being shipped in. And I agree, but I don't know how else to make this point. I really don't. And and I'm about to get back to that story, but uh, he said, Piggy's getting toys to get off to, but no better at justice than feckin' Barney. Yep. Yep. Pretty much that. That. Yeah. Um, so Santiago, the uh, you, you might recognize his name, actually. He was an organizer of a historic three-week trucker protest in D.C. last year. Uh, argues that Aguilera Medeiros likely should have never been issued a CDL, given his limited ability to read and understand English. And he should have never been dispatched to haul a flatbed loaded with lumber along a mountainous route he was clearly unprepared for. Quote, a kid should not be the sacrificial lamb for the federal government's failure to properly make sure people speak, read, and understand English in order to safely operate a commercial motor vehicle. Uh, because, I mean, he even here in Arizona, most signs are not bilingual. They're just straight English. This brings to mind a question, too, is did he even know what the signs said that were for the runaway truck drive-offs? That is a good question. Because if he couldn't even read the sign to tell him this is a, a spot to pull off to be able to slowly bring your truck to a stop, then how the fuck would he know? How can he be held accountable for not making use of them if if they didn't make sure that he could even read the language to know what the signs are fucking saying? Well, Santiago went on, quote, A lot of carriers just throw truckers with no experience into their trucks and send them down the road. I almost guarantee this kid never had mountain training, doesn't know how to adjust uh, adjust his brakes, referring to the engine brakes, probably doesn't know how to do a proper pre-trip inspection because nobody took the time to train him. Nobody even took Uh, the time to check his gear for him either, or they would have seen that his brakes were worn down and needed replaced before he fucking hit the road. Yeah. And I mean, if you don't know how to use an engine brake going down, you know, the seven or 8% grade um, that I-70 in Colorado is, then you're gonna burn out your brakes. Yep. It's, it's, it's a fact. Um, That's why. Okay. Like even on the 6% grades, I was coming down today up here in the mountains. Like I had to slow way down and drop my shit down into second gear. So I don't burn my fucking brakes out. But you also got to know how to adjust it in a semi. That is obviously you can, you just have like, you know, first, second or drive, but I mean, you actually have to adjust your engine brakes so you don't fucking blow your motor. (laughs) Right. Right. That takes a lot of fucking training and knowledge to be able to do that. fucking scary you know like it's daunting enough to be driving something that fucking big in the mountains i can only fucking imagine like my truck is 32 foot most of these semis are 50 to 60 that's Mm -hmm. a lot of ass to be hauling full of lumber full of fucking lumber right on steep fucking mountain roads like it's fucking insane that grades that steep are even fucking allowed on main roads like that that are being used for shipping. 
it's frustrating to even drive this through stuff like that with the 6% grades I was coming down today. Like, it's fucking scary when the shit is winding, fucking curving back and forth, and you're like going straight the fuck downhill. It's fucking scary. This problem. Yeah, and I mean, an 8% grade is pretty fucking steep. And there's only a short part on I 70 that's uh, 8%. Uh, most of it's six or seven, but that's still, that's really still quite steep. steep. <clears throat> yeah. And as Wade just said, lumber is heavy as fuck, especially wet green lumber, which I don't know if it was wet and green or not, but it probably was. It was probably coming from the mill, I would assume. Um, but this just angers me that nobody has any fucking compassion for this guy. And what he the, the truckers do deal That's... with. Well, I mean, yes, but I, okay. When I say nobody, I, I mean like, you know, judge, jury, prosecutor, none of the people who are fucking hitting him with every letter of the book have any fucking compassion or understanding for what he's even had to cope with doing this fucking job, let alone having this fucking happen while on the job. I just wanted to put McCoy's, McCoy's revolution greater than reform thing back on the screen. Um, but Jeremy Johnson, who's uh, uh, also known as the disrespected trucker on Twitter, was also an organizer of last year's D.C. <laughs> protest. And he also took to social media to urge truckers to refuse service to Colorado. Until the governor does something about the ridiculous sentence handed down to one of our own, we need to boycott Colorado. Um, and we got a, I got a TikTok video here. Yeah, wait, exactly. The judge did, but was bound by unjust laws and. Okay. So what the jury needs to hear about is jury nullification, but I know that we've talked about that enough that you all know what we're talking about. So I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I've tried over and over and over to make this video and try not to get angry. But look, this thing in Colorado, I don't think a lot of you understand that the sentence was ridiculous. And the comparison in the video I made was pretty simple. A wealthy girl from Indiana mows down three toddlers getting on a bus. She gets four years. A 26-year-old, not adequately trained, unfamiliar with his surroundings, panics, makes some mistakes and causes a horrific crash and the death of four people. Nobody has excused the death of the four people or his role in the accident. This is about the sentence. This is about a man that's clearly, clearly remorseful, clearly sad. He wasn't on drugs or alcohol like some of you motherfuckers that are drinking in the truck stops on your 10 hour break, okay? He was clean, he was sober, he was young, he was inexperienced, and it was an accident. He has some fault, but so does the FMCSA for lack of introducing proper training standards long ago. So does the FMCSA and the DOT for removing parts of the rules about being properly trained, reading, writing, and speaking English. Where's the DOT being held responsible? This goes way beyond 
the fault of this young man. He made mistakes, panicked, and his inexperience led to an unnecessary tragedy. Now, that said, some of you, your fucking eagles are so big you couldn't stuff them in a 53-foot trailer. Use come-alongs and straps to close the doors to lock them in there. You keep telling the American people and telling the people on this app that you'd have taken the ditch, you'd have done this. Yeah, there was an error of driver that would have gladly sacrificed his life for another. We don't live in that era or that society anymore, and it's all about self-preservation. And if you had the choice, and you had a family at home, and ones you loved, you know very well you would not have allowed yourself to die unnecessarily. You're not that driver. I like that video said, you're not that guy. Some of you are not that guy, and you're pretending to be that guy. Like I said, your egos are so big it wouldn't allow you to give your life for somebody else because you lack the compassion to even understand the situation that's being discussed. He wasn't on drugs. He wasn't high. He didn't leave the scene of the accident. A young man panicked and made bad choices. Doesn't deserve 110 years in prison. Goddamn right. I mean, I think... I, I think it goes without saying that the entire situation is unacceptable. Um, Wade said, as the cold comes in and fuel for warmth and food dwindles, uh, the people are going to riot. And I mean... Probably. Probably. And if they're going to do so, then they should be rioting, demanding that he is fucking released i mean i i think as that last tiktok trucker just said i think too many people lack the compassion for that they'd rather try to take the high road about like i would have done this i would have done that okay well the point is that you're not a 26 year old kid with a kid at home that didn't know how to drive the fucking truck in the area that he was in you're not that guy so sit the fuck down right because all that is is fucking presumptuous fucking judgmental shit to be like, well, I would have done this. Most of these motherfuckers saying shit like that have never driven anything bigger than a fucking van. Please sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. Because you um, don't know what it's like to drive big shit. 23 during the accident, Wade said. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought it was last year, not that long ago, but um, 23 during the accident. Uh, James said, I've been on jury duty a few times, and I tell you, they try their best for the biggest sentence, and the jury has to argue to get it passed or argue for days till it's over. Example of guilty until proven innocent. And your peers. Most of us don't get a jury of our peers, but... That's another conversation altogether. It's like like this guy, for example. I'm willing to bet how many truckers were on that jury. Right. How many people of Hispanic descent were on that uh, on that jury? And the answer is probably none for both. Right. 
Um, there's some TikToks. Hang on. There we go. So these are the videos that I was talking about uh, as soon as I pull them up here that I was talking about. Um, this actually wasn't the boy. This was they they pulled off to the side of the road because of a high wind warning. Um, that being said, that warning is gone and I believe they're still sitting there. I put my That's, loud. That's really loud. Very. Very. It's it's just music it, anyway. We we probably should mute it because we don't own it. Right. It just it was very much about to like croon my face off. This truck is no longer going to Colorado. We. This truck is no longer going to Colorado. There's a lot of them though. Is the point. Shut down city. No trucks. Um, That's fucking solidarity right there. I'm so glad to see all these truckers standing up for him. Because if this type of shit is fucking allowed to be done for him, then we can piss any protection for our truck drivers. Fucking goodbye. There's no excuse for the people who keep everything fucking moving in this country to be treated like this. I, I, I don't get it. These people bust their asses day in and day out to make sure that we have the fluffy fucking conditions of being able to just go to a fucking store and pick up shit that we want. They risk their lives every fucking every day. day. Every day. Especially when we're talking about fucking places like Colorado. They have the steepest uh, expressway grades in the nation. Yeah. In Arizona, for example, you will never see a grade steeper than 6% on an expressway. Right. And even with those, I mean, it's still stretched out far enough to be gentle as far as incline and decline. You know, um, like driving down 40 has been really just smooth sailing, you know, like I've had some steeper grades, um, over shorter distances going down like 66 and 87 and stuff, but mostly 87, but like on the actual interstate, no, on 40, it was like being in rolling hills because they made sure that those 6% changes even at most were stretched out over like a mile instead of like 0.2 miles. In Denver, though, for example, it's fucking insane. I, I would not want to drive this at all through that fucking area. Like, I've driven through there in cars and it was enough to make me go, holy shit. Um, so, yeah, no, like especially um, like on I-6, just outside of Denver, 
man, there's some shit there that is such steep downhill fucking descents that are not stretched out over a distance. It's it's like you're just going straight the fuck down a side of a mountain that you would have no choice but to ride your brakes the entire time to even keep from going over like 60, 65. Fuck slowing down enough to be a safe descent. It's not fucking happening because when they designed those roads in Colorado, they were basically like, fuck all of you. True. Um, I, I have one more statement to read. This is from a, a comrade on Facebook. Um, so I'm just going to read. I'm probably not going to read the whole thing because it's quite long. But um, I'll, I'll just start it off. I stand in solidarity with the truck drivers that are boycotting delivering in Colorado. As someone who was a new driver myself, some of my first 30 loads I had uh, went through mountains in Colorado as well, carrying total near 80,000 pounds. If you aren't trained properly or have faulty equipment, this can be a recipe for disaster. My trainer taught me whatever speed you max out going up the hill is around what you want to go back down the hill. Yes. So as I go up at about 35 and start to go down, I set my cruise control at 25 to 30. And uh, which it's also important to note that a lot of especially older or lower end semis don't have cruise control at all. Um. Anyway, and I adjust my engine brakes. No choice but to just downshift. Right. And I adjust my engine brakes as I go down so I don't over rev my engine and overheat. Typically, if I do this right, I won't even have to use my truck and trailer brakes at all. Sometimes the grade is so steep, 8% grade or so, and my trailer is so heavy that I have to use my brakes here and there to protect my engine. But you never rely on your brakes here uh, going down a steep mountain. They will burn out. Mountains typically have right lanes reserved for trucks and safe speeds for them to travel. Uh, There's a a portion on I-17 here where um, the recommended speed for trucks is like 40. Right. Um, Just as an example here. Um, Anyway, they also have places to pull off in case you overheat, need to chain your tires in a snowstorm, and even emergency escape pits – or, you know, most states call them runaway truck ramps um, in case your brakes do go out. Driving a truck is typically an easy job, but full of making split second decisions. The trucking industry is unique. Drivers have learned to bargain their pay and benefits as individuals. The high demand for drivers has caused companies to adjust their standards of drivers. One minute they need certain criteria, the next minute they will throw you in a truck with no fucking experience. Trucking is one of the most dangerous jobs you can have far yeah. more dangerous than a cop, which far by the way, I would like more. to say that being a pizza delivery man yes. is statistically 10 times more dangerous than being a cop. Yep. I'm just fucking saying the fact that a cop can get qualified immunity for purposely killing unarmed kids, but a young inexperienced driver who is subjected to faulty equipment undertrained and inexperienced can get over 100 years minimum in prison for an accident is appalling. In a country where capital rules and workers are commodities, we have to band together to keep our humanity. Drivers have been demanding better pay, better equipment, more home time, and companies have opted out to hiring inexperienced drivers that will drive their shitty trucks for lower wages. This is the result of capitalism. 
The owner of this company should be the one being penalized. Workers of the world unite. Exactly, James. The company is responsible. The DOT is responsible. The federal uh, organization that, that oversees the training is responsible. There, there is a lot of blame to pass around, and most of it doesn't go on this young man. Right. And uh, Wade pointed out that high demand equals pay is lowered to the point that experienced truckers have been walking away. Uh, turnover rate at trunk, trucking companies is 100% a year or close to it. Well, think about it. What they were making back in the 80s was equivalent to about 120, 130,000 a year in today's dollars, whereas most of them today are only making about 65k. I'd be walking the fuck away too. I got um, something here to screen share. Um, and Trisha, I'm going to be sending you a couple of links in the private chat here so you can pull up more info. But the first thing about the Kellogg strike that I want to talk about is the quality control issues. Um, since they've been hiring scab labor, um, but give me just one second to get that pulled up. Damn it. <laughs> Scanning through this article you just sent me. Um, can you also Google the, the BCTGM statement on it? Um, that's so far. Actually, Wade, you're in the comments. Can you go into the group chat and scroll back far enough to find the union statement that I sent earlier today about the agreement being met. Please. And thank you. I just don't have the time while I'm doing this. Um, I am okay. Googling it right now, but if he finds that specific one quicker, that's cool too. Uh, there we go. 11 hours ago. Um, Okay. Is this page going to load? There it goes. Okay. Commenting on the ratification, BCTGM International President Anthony Shelton stated, quote, our striking members at Kellogg's ready-to-eat cereal production facilities courageously stood their ground and sacrificed so much in order to achieve a fair contract. This agreement makes gains and does not include any concessions, Shelton notes. Um, highlights of the new five-year collective bargaining agreement include no takeaways, no concessions, no permanent two-tier system, a clear path to regular full-time employment, plant closing moratorium that no plant shuts down through October 2026, um, a significant increase in the pension multiplier 
and maintenance of cost of living raises. And that's so incredibly important. Um, there's another quote here saying our entire union commends and thanks Kellogg's members. From picket line to picket line, Kellogg's union members stood strong and undeterred in this fight, inspiring generations of workers across the globe who were energized by their tremendous show of bravery as they stood up to fight and never once backed down. The BCTGM is grateful to AFL-CIO President Liz Schuler for mobilizing the AFL-CIO and its affiliates in support of our striking Kellogg's members. Uh, once again, President Schuler has provided highly effective leadership in support of the BCTGM and our members. The BCTGM is grateful as well for the outpouring of fraternal support re we received from across the labor movement for our striking members at Kellogg's. Solidarity was critical to this great workers' victory. That's it for that one there as far as their uh, union statement. Um, the other article that you sent me, though, uh, Um, a legacy worker that is not named stated it's a no here in Battle Creek, um, Michigan, um, probably 95% no. It's like the agreement we voted down unanimously two weeks ago with a couple of words around. Uh, she, she pointed in particular to the fact that the current TA also eliminates the cap on how many second tier transitional workers the company can employ. Um, let's see, this article was just from yesterday, so that's why, uh, it, it was still before the New agreement got ratified, um, but uh, I believe this is the same employee they were quoting a moment ago. She said, that's Kellogg's for you. I love my job. I could not believe it when I got a job here seven years ago. It took me five times to get just an interview. I was proud to tell people I work for Kellogg's. I don't feel that way anymore. I'm a legacy worker now. I was a casual worker when I came in. We were temps, but paid by Kellogg's, what they call transitionals. They still get paid through Kellogg's. It's not like you work less hours. They work the same amount of time as us, same hours, same everything, minus the benefits. They started the transitional status in the 2015 contract. Kellogg's threatened to shut the Memphis plant down if we didn't accept the contract. We didn't want the Memphis workers to lose their jobs. 
it was held over our heads to vote in the 2015 contract. There are some transitionals already been six years waiting to be brought on to full pay. Uh, like all of us, they've been working 16 hour days, four times a week. Fuck that. Fuck that. Um, yes, Wade, that is the one we uh, requested. But obviously, Trisha found it. Um, um, and, and I did get the acronym right. Yay. B-C-T-G-M. Yes. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's no concessions from the company on the terms of overtime. But that being said, they did get the pay that they asked for. They did get the elimination of the two-tier system that they asked for. And they got a clear path to full-time employment that they asked for. So I understand why they approved it, but I also understand why there was a, a pretty good holdout of people that were not thrilled about it. Right. Um, which we, we can get more into that in a minute, but I want to point out, uh, or I guess I want to show you. Um, I didn't mean to make that full screen. There we go. I prefer to do it like that with with our faces on it. Anyway, um, so this is all from the past couple of weeks, right? And um, this is when the scab labor was running the Kellogg's factories, right? You see the, the bug, the bits of bug? Yikes, we're sorry, at Burning Spore, Kellogg's response to all these. When exactly did you start baking plastic into Cheez-Its? That's definitely not the absurd satisfaction we intended. Ew. It's also funny. It, as we get further into this, it's also really funny how um, how much less detailed these become. <laughs> You'll see. Um, I'm not even sure what I'm looking at there. But I, I would tend to think that it's plastic. It's got to be. What the fuck? Um, I'm just so burnt, disturbed about the fucking pancakes. Cheez-Its. Like, dude, Cheez-Its are probably the one and only Kellogg's product I even consume. Because I love them in soup. But that was fucking disgusting. That that's not all. I didn't mean to close out of it. Um, burnt pancakes. I already showed you. No marshmallows in the Elf on a Shelf cereal. Notice that these are getting shorter. Right. What the fuck is that? I don't know. It's so small on the screen. I can't tell. But I hate burnt cheeses. Second box in a row. Seldom few things irritate me as much as burnt cheese. No, <clears throat> no cheese on the Keebler cheese and crackers. So just crackers. <laughs> I guess giant size meant the flakes too. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's a big ass fucking brand flake. Yeah. Just chop it with your spoon. This has been a really common thing. There, there is a, a bunch of these on Twitter. 
And uh, also, uh, Kellogg's removed their brand name from the Pop-Tarts box. Right. And it's like, oh, are, are you trying to hide the fact that this is one of your products? Don't want people boycotting your fucking shitty Pop-Tarts? What the fuck is even happening with the Pop-Tarts? <laughs> what the fuck? There's a coffee shop here that has homemade Pop-Tarts that are so much better than Pop-Tarts. Oh, I bet they are. Pop-Tarts kind of suck, but I mean, my God, that just... Yeah. <laughs> James, oh my God. <laughs> yes, James, it's a Cracker Jack prize. How much of a prize it really is, I don't know. But um, so did you? Did you? Uh, the Duh. Did, what? Did you read any of the other articles? I stepped away for a minute there. Um, no, I was reading through the one, and I. You say articles, plural, so I guess I need to reopen the chat here and grab the others. Well, well, which one did you read? The World Socialist website one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, um, I'm also going to... Wade put it in the comments. I can't click it, really. Wow. That's stupid. I was going to open up that uh, one from Wade, but. Well, while you work on that, I've got the Bernie one open here. Um, this Bernie Sanders uh, rallied in Battle Creek. Um, oh, there's some cool pictures here of him looking, you know, typically infuriated at the system bernie all like i love when he gets that look on his face because you know he's telling somebody just where they can shove their shit um <laughs> that is true and i mean like i've said over and over again i'm not gonna fall into the trap of giving him my votes again but like when that motherfucker starts wagging his finger he's talking about workers rights yep yep in most cases it's either that or he's screaming at the fucking healthcare industry for not deserving the word care being, you know, part of their name anymore. Um, so, you know, fuck you, DNC, for robbing us of uh, President Bernie, you know, but that's that's just what the DNC does. I think he could have at least fucking made some difference there. At least he's still doing something with, you know, his seat in Congress. Because once again, he seems to be the only one that isn't a total fucking sociopath up in there. Um, but anywho, he joined the Kellogg's Union employees on Friday, uh, the 17th. Um, that was the 10th week of the strike. Um, in Battle Creek, where the company is headquartered, 325 hourly workers uh, were standing with the union's decision to not return until their demands are met. Um, across the country, 1,400 Kellogg workers from plants in Michigan, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, and Nebraska were 
striking. Um, Sanders said, quote, you're sending a message, not just to Kellogg's, but to every corporate CEO in this country. You're saying that the wealthiest country in the history of the world, you got to give workers a fair shake. Um, representing Battle Creek's local 3G teamster, Donovan Williams, and union president, Trevor Beidelman, encouraged striking workers to hold the line and reminded them that negotiations were for future generations and not just the immediate contract cycle. I don't um, mean to interrupt, but... Look at the okay. restream window for just a second. I uh, want that fucking jacket. Uh, hold on. I've got the chat thing in the way. Nice. <laughs> I dig it. I fucking dig it. I thought you'd like that. It's a snake that says we'll strike if provo provoked. And it has the, the union name and local number on it. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Um, I just saw what Mako said there. I, I can't argue with you on that one when it comes to warmongering because he has voted in favor of shit that I absolutely would have fucking stood against when it comes to war spending and things like that, especially when it comes to the apartheid state of Israel. Um, but as far as like what he's doing here when it comes to workers' rights, education, and health care. Yeah. And, and I just want to point out that the only time that we even talk about Bernie Sanders anymore is in this context. When he's right. out there building class consciousness, class consciousness, uh, you know, pushing unions, um, these types of things I will totally support him in. But I'm never right. donating to his campaign again, and he, he ain't getting my vote again. Right. Fool well, me once. Shame on you. Fool me can't get fooled again. All right, W. <laughs> oh, fuck. See, now it, at least some presidents are worth their salt as fucking comedians. Because that son of a bitch, I still laugh at the dumb shit that fell out of his fucking face. He our enemies are working lead. hard to try to destroy our families. And so are we. So are we. <laughs> yep. Yep. That motherfucker. God. At least we could get a good laugh out of the shit that he would say. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a Freudian slip, to be honest. <laughs> right it really was but it was like holy shit a politician actually told the truth <laughs> oops he didn't mean to um but uh anywho i'll agree with that wade he could be it could be performative to appease leftists but i mean that being said he's been doing that same shit since the 60s so right right i mean he's his line has not changed at all since the 60s, calling for human rights. At least right. in those facets of, you know, workers. But I will say that once education. he got into the system, became influential in the system, it immediately took his soul. Yeah. I mean, he has taken money from the military industrial complex 
for the first time since fucking 2020. Yeah. And it's been more than once since 2020, but I digress. Mm, I don't. God damn it, Bernie. What the fucking shit? You were supposed to be 100% grassroots. But anyway. Any fucking way. Okay, you're right. You're right, Natalie. He is the only one who will vote against the now six hundred or $768 billion defense bill. Defense bill. He has been consistent on that. Um, that's true. And I mean, even his fellow progressives can't say that. AOC's been there for two fucking years. And, um, but she put on a pair of boots to go to a protest. She's working class again. <laughs> Just, but her work boots were brand new. <laughs> I know, not a scuff on them. Never been used for actual work. Anyway, fuck. Um, we're out here sucking her dick too, acting like she's some kind of fucking political savior, and it's like. Excuse oh my me. god. Yeah. Anyway, back to the article. Um a crowd of about 500 gathered in front of the world headquarters to hear Sanders speak. He praised the striking workers for continuing to go to work throughout the pandemic and said he was surprised to hear how many days in a row workers were punching in and how uh frequent forced overtime was at the plant. Uh he so, said, I mean, that can, – can you reread the first part of that? I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. I had something, and I waited for the end of the sentence, and then I forgot. A crowd of about 500 gathered in front of the world headquarters of the cereal, co cereal company to hear Sanders speak. He praised the striking workers for continuing to go to work throughout the pandemic. And That's said the he was one. Surprised. Okay. Okay. So – he praised them for being willing to sacrifice themselves for capitalism. Basically, and literally used that word. Here's the quote. When people make that kind of sacrifice, when their families make that kind of sacrifice, you don't treat those workers with disrespect and contempt. And he's not wrong, but still awkward. Um, what you say to these workers and their families is thank you for helping to save America during the pandemic. That's the rest of that quote. And it's still awkward because I'm not okay with capitalism expecting people to put their lives at risk for profits. Like, yeah, do we, do we need certain things in place to make sure that people have food and fuel and you know, don't freeze to death in winter. Yeah, yeah. But that that's so awkward to be like, thanks for putting your life on the line to keep capitalism going. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so basically the the plan is, though, with this agreement being reached, is that the workers will be coming back to work immediately after Christmas. So are they still going to get paid for their Christmas break? Like they, like they previously had been. I don't, I don't know, but they should. And I know they're not getting any sort of back pay at all, but I would assume that they, their pay would resume the day they signed the contract. Right. You would think. 
And that better fucking include their holiday pay? That That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I know, I'm just agreeing with you. <laughs> While also scanning the rest of this... This uh, this next article, everything in it, we've already talked about from the other ones. So I guess moving on. Oh, God, they've got some Biden quotes in here. I'm not even going to give him the, the time of day. I'm really not. He can try to act like a friend of labor all he wants, but we know that it's all a farce. Right. Well, basically, okay, there's one line of this I am going to read to you. And I have to say kudos to whoever wrote this speech for him because this one line is not wrong. So whoever wrote this, fuck you, Biden, but whoever wrote this, okay, you're on point here. Permanently replacing striking workers is an existential attack on the union and its members' jobs and livelihoods. Truth. That's that's why every fucking buddy, on, you know, across the board has supporting these strikes because how fucking dare Kellogg's threaten to permanently replace the striking workers with a bunch of fucking scabs. So fuck you, Biden. But whoever wrote that line for Biden, right. Um, Wade said Biden's quotable. And I, I commented back saying, well, a speechwriter is <laughs> precisely, precisely in some moments, not all, but some. Yeah, in very few moments, to be honest. Like, most of the shit. Yeah, I mean, he's right there. But, like, I mean, that's the thing. He can can try to talk like he's been a friend of labor all these years, but no. No, he's been showing his true colors in that regard for decades. Decades. Um, Oh, hey, you know that... You know that video I shared the other day of Rage Against the Machine playing that song, Hold the Line? Fucking um, Tom Morello auctioned off his guitar and donated the money to local unions. Hell yeah. I mean, honestly, I kind of wish that it would have been more like, well, you know, we made millions off of our fucking 2019-2020 reunion tour. I can donate a couple right. million of my own money right. instead of doing it as like a tax write-off situation. Um, that's pretty capitalistic for a communist, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, uh, well, I, I think he wanted to, you know, at least be, you know, doing something cool for people who you know, to get yeah. them to donate to. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually threw some money down out of his own pocket too, but who's going to say no to, you know, throwing down on, you know, contributions to union workers when, you know, you have the odds of winning a fucking Tom Morello guitar. Just saying that's a way to get people to have some praxis that normally wouldn't. So I understand He's like holding the carrot in front of the horse's fucking nose. Like, come on, come on. If you help your fellow working class, I'll give you this fucking guitar. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, so this this video I'm about to play is not 
a uh, an English video, so uh, it does have subtitles though. Where's the sound? Oh, it's muted. Die auch halb bewohnbar noch sind, ohne dass er auch kaputt ist. Ich schätze mal, das war auch äh, der richtige Zeitpunkt. Die, die neue Regierung sagt, darf ja keine Größe geben als solche. So, the problem here, obviously, being that they were booted out. The, uh. Yes, Mako, exactly. That's, that's yeah. what I was getting at. Let the philanthropist. Philanthropist, not forget the reason philanthropy is necessary in the first place. Yep. Because you know what? We wouldn't need philanthropy to support unionized workers during strikes if we had some basics covered like housing, food, medicine, UBI. Things we can easily and readily do if we weren't under capitalism. Well, I mean, even even UBI is a method of preserving capitalism. Well, I mean, if, if it is actually done by a capitalist government, its goal is to uphold capitalism. But Fair point. Fair point. But it's at least making sure that there is a socialist safety network being paid for by the capitalism. You know, like that, that would be a bare minimum. You know, uh, the other things I listed before it being human rights that should be guaranteed fucking period you know that's the thing a lot of people don't understand is we would have a lot more room to work with as working class people and when it comes to who we choose to you know even bother to lend our labor to if we didn't have to worry about losing our fucking ass to leave a shitty job to find a better one. Because if you don't find a better one quick enough or have it lined up before you even leave the previous job, you're going to lose your whole ass. You're, you know, you're going to lose your house, lose your car, fucking not be able to afford to eat. Um, your, your survival shouldn't be dependent on that. Your, your fucking existence shouldn't need to be justified by... So how many hours did you put in this week? Um, oh, Oyave. So um, they don't want to give you human rights unless you have money or make them a lot of money. Yep. That yeah. which makes them privileges, not rights. But anybody who knows ethics and logic knows that these things are actually rights because they're necessary for survival. If something's necessary for survival, it is a right, not a privilege. They would love for this shit to just forever be considered privileges, though. Like, well, no, I mean, you've got to make sure that you do enough work to make somebody else wealthy first before we'll allow you a pittance of a fucking, you know, hot in the cot. Fuck. <clears throat> so, uh, and yes, Wade, weaponizing capitalism against itself. 
I thought you were saying yes, Wade. That's where my donkey went. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know where your fucking donkey went, but I mean. I don't even know what that was in regards to, but that's that's what I, I really thought you were saying. Either. Yes, Wade. <laughs> that's nope. where your donkey went. I, I don't know where your fucking donkey went, but if I see it, I will at least grab some carrots and try to coax it over where I can hang on to it for you. Um, so the jury in the Kim Potter trial asked the judge what to do if they can't reach a verdict. Do we need to just screen share a picture of an actual pistol next to the picture of the fucking um, taser again? Just, just, just to be fucking emph emphatically clear, I'm tripping over my tongue now because that just fucked me up. Like, can't come to an agreement on uh, really, really, fucking really. Really? Really? Hang on just a, just a second. Really? Let me let me let me pull this up. Apparently there's it's going to be from CNN, but um God, there's so much crap to scroll back through. We have a couple of more things to talk about that got brought up in the group chat today from uh the fucking you know, shit that happened today. But, uh, okay, so before I start reading from this, I'm going to probably interject throughout because it's CNN and, well, their bias is always Interjections. Show. It needs interjections um, for clarification and fact-checking. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would be doing the same thing if it was Fox News. Right. Neoliberal shit is neoliberal shit. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's funny. Uh, Rent Freet on Twitch said, I smell liberalism. <laughs> right after I mentioned CNN. Go figure. Um, it, uh, so it they deliberated, the, the jury deliberated over nine hours today and more than five hours yesterday. And uh, the jurors wrote, a note to the court today saying if the jury cannot reach consensus, what is the guidance around how long and what steps should be taken? And the judge sent them back to work after rereading an earlier instruction that they quote, deliberate with a view toward reaching agreement. If you can do so without violating your individual judgment. Um, Jurors also asked the court that zip ties securing the weapon to an evidence box be removed so the handgun be can be held during deliberations. Um, right, because they, that, that could be... They need to feel it. They can literally feel the difference in weight between an actual yeah. fucking gun and a plastic taser. Because there's no way that this dumb fucking pig bitch actually thought that she had a taser in her hand that weighs a couple ounces when she was actually holding a pistol that weighs a couple pounds. Like no fucking pounds. way. Yeah, exactly. Um, of course, I'm sure most of you know, Kim Potter pled not guilty 
it's up to the jury at this point, and it sounds like they have a hung jury, um, but they will be back to deliberate tomorrow. I don't uh, see how they could be hung. Who the fuck on that jury is stupid enough to think that this stupid this bitch is Brooklyn Center? This is a, trying to tell the truth. This is a city court in Brooklyn Center, which is a. I I mean, like, I don't know. It's a stupid population. I mean, I guess, but it doesn't have to be predominantly one way or another. If there's one person on the jury that's fucking like, yeah, dude, that's cool. I, I, I mean, I don't, see I don't know how she would mix the two up. One's bright yellow and light and plastic and one's black and weighs four times the amount. Yeah. 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 There's no confusing the two. Um, we, I don't know if we ever showed video of the incident. I'm, I'm not planning on doing it today. I'm sure you've all seen it. Uh, Potter yelled, taser, 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 before she shot him. And then, sort of, holy shit, I just shot him. I grabbed the wrong fucking gun and I shot him. Right. And it, it all sounded way too fucking Scripted. fake. Yes. Yep. Like, she just wanted to get those words out while the fucking body cam was still rolling to pretend like she had a fucking justifiable cause there. And much like Rittenhouse, she was crying in court. And that I will show. Crocodile tears. Crocodile tears. Oh, poor me. I'm stupid. I'm just stupid and didn't know which weapon was in my hand. Feel bad for me. I'm stupid. What do you remember happening after that? I remember a struggle with Officer Lucky and the driver at the door. Um, The driver was trying to get back into the car. Uh, well, he was trying to get back in the car. What did you do? I went around Officer Lucky as they're trying to get back in the door. I'm between the door and Officer Lucky and and the driver. And the driver's getting into the car. And what happened next? They're still struggling, and I can see Sergeant Johnson... I'm sorry for pausing this, but like, how old is this fucking attorney? Is he even competent? He's an ancient one. Moving on. And then what happened next? (laughs) You fucking kidding me, dude? Sorry. The driver's struggling over the the gear shifts because I can see... Johnson's hand, and then I can see his face. And you you knew Johnson for many years before this, is that right? Yes. And by looking at his face at that point in time, what did you interpret it to mean? He had a look of fear on his face. Fear of what? Of her. Well, they're not talking about Duante Wright yet. They're talking about the other officer. What the fuck did he have to fear? Um, I highly doubt if he was scared of Duante. He was probably scared seeing this dumb fucking bitch pull a pistol instead of a taser. I don't know. I mean, if I, of which I would never be a pig, but, you know, if I were... 
the other pig in this situation, I'd probably have a look of fright come over my face at a bitch fucking pulling a fucking pistol on somebody for getting back in their car too. Like what the Natalie fuck? said, I don't think she ever should have been on the force if she can't tell the difference in my Agreed. opinion. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. <laughs> and Wade said, <laughs> leave Matlock alone. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> and what did the look on Jones's face say? Oh, God. The strained emphysema voice. He was afraid he was of days afraid of paperwork. Of paperwork. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Fucking true. Fucking true. So fucking true. I'm just going to leave that one on the screen for a minute. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Natalie said, I got to admit I'm a sucker for people crying and I have to pull myself back and think facts, not emotions. And yet yeah, that's that's one of those things that, you know. That's why we uh, pause this three times a minute in. Uh, right. A, a lot of people need to to learn how to implement that fucking tactic right there too, because it, well, it's I mean, okay. People to empathize for fucking pigs like this fucking bitch fascist, like fucking Kyle Rittenhouse. Here's the like, thing. They're always trying to make it sound like they were afraid. Did they ever stop and think about how afraid Dante Wright was? Right. Probably not. He was afraid enough that he tried to run. I mean, right. he was surrounded by, like, four people with fucking weapons drawn. I mean, duh, he tried to run. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. Right. But this fucking over Over what was it? What, what was the original fucking reason for being pulled over? Expired tags even, or speeding? I, I it was something minor. It, it was driving while black. It, it was driving right. while black. Let's just be honest here. She's look. James said she's looking like poor me. I forgot the other taser shot people. And exactly, Natalie, Dante yeah. Wright never have never had a chance. Um. It's nothing I'd seen before. Nothing I'd seen before. It was a routine traffic stop till you executed him. Right. Did you say anything when you saw this? What did you do? We were struggling. We were trying to keep him from driving away. It just, it just went chaotic. I, it. I had to shoot him to keep him from driving away, sir. And then, fuck you, pig. I remember yelling, "Taser, taser, taser!" And nothing happened. And then he told me I shot him. And nothing happened? Time out. Like there was no recoil from the gun. There was no loud bang. Are you stupid? Yep. Apparently we're back at stupid again. Which, mind you, I'm saying facetiously because... And then nothing happened. You mean to tell me that a taser has a larger... How are you going to try to tell me that nothing happened? 
you thought it was a taser. You shot your nine millimeter, which has recoil and a, a, a loud pop. Right there, there is but the no, taser doesn't do that. Happened here, and yeah, crocodile tears exactly, Mako, because this is some fake ass shit. That that was a flat. He out told me fight. I shot him. Exactly, Wade. He told me you didn't know. Then you should have never been in possession of a gun, let alone a cop. Right. I, I really think she's trying to play stupid as if that's a defense. And it's like, there's no way anybody's that legitimately fucking stupid to not notice that they've got a pistol in their hand and not a fucking taser. And that's saying a lot considering most pigs have a fucking IQ around 85. Because that's what they go for. Smart enough to understand orders. Stupid enough to not question the ethics of said orders. But um, even, even at that fucking mediocre fucking level of intellect, you still know the fucking difference between a pistol and a taser. And I mean, obviously we're talking about two greatly different things here, but... Like, that would be, like, the equivalent of me saying that I thought my fucking AK was a BB gun. It's that drastic of a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And a BB gun's not bright yellow. Right. Hello? But I'd still know whether I was firing a BB gun versus <laughs> even a fucking tiny-ass twenty-two. You fucking kidding me? Right. Right. Fucking kidding me? You fucking kidding me? Oh god, she's got the same stupid look on her face as Rittenhouse did. Feel bad for me. I feel bad for me. Fuck that bitch. The prosecutor said accidents can still be crimes if they occur because of recklessness or culpable negligence. It's not a defense to the crimes charged. Right. So, I mean, I'm not buying the fucking accident thing to begin with. No, this was not an accidental shooting. And uh, her attorney, Earl Gray, can't make this shit up. Earl Gray is his fucking name? Yeah, Mr. Fucking Matlock. He said, everybody, I can't do the voice. (sighs) Everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. This lady's made a mistake and a mistake is not a crime. And that's when the prosecutor said accidents can still be crimes if they occur because of recklessness. And negligence. And yeah, Yeah. that's reckless and negligent to... Not be like, oh shit, I pulled the wrong thing. I should put that back and reach for the other fucking side of my body to pull the right one. Well, and that should come back down to militant training. That should come back down to muscle memory. Yeah. On top of everything else that we've already discussed, pulling it from the wrong side shows that she was poorly trained. And she's a trainer. She's a veteran cop.
and she expects us to believe that she didn't know which fucking weapon she was reaching for when they literally are on opposite sides of your body are completely different materials and weights mm-hmm. um, uh, she all, or not she he Earl Gray her attorney also argued that Potter was within her rights to use deadly force to protect a fellow officer no she wasn't, no, she was wasn't. Reaching... do I, I know never a fucking threat to either one of them no no, not even not even a little bit. I mean, even under castle laws, that type of action wouldn't be like I mean, no. let's say that somebody breaks into your house and then sees you and tries to run away and you shoot them, that's still murder. Yeah. You can't shoot them in the back if they're fucking running away. If they're running at you, okay, that's a sign that they're coming at you to attack you. But if they're running away, no, that's murder. God, it makes my fucking brain hurt. Just even hearing. And Natalie, yes, I'm sorry to interject, but Natalie said tears for herself, not for her victim. Just like Rittenhouse. I'm sorry you're holding me accountable. Fucking pathetic. If you use the right taser, it's not murder. <laughs> right? It would, it would just be a, a little extra juice flowing through your skin suit for a moment. Still could be murder. Though, if somebody's got a fucking cardiac condition, you could kill them with the taser, too. If it's dialed up too high, you could kill somebody with a taser because it'll stop their heart, even if they're healthy. Um, so even Especially taser- if they're not. Yeah. It, even tasers have to be used responsibly and with some... <laughs> fucking wisdom goddamn. oh that's not the one that i meant but yes yes james zap but wade said uh maybe it was viable when he went to law school you know to avoid draft of the civil war right <laughs> fuck fucking ridiculous sorry um so we talked a little bit about kyle rittenhouse at that turning point usa conference in phoenix he walked into the room to a standing ovation. Also, one of the Fox News reporters that was there um, instructed the crowd how to kill Fauci and amb- uh, ambush him, and Fauci is demanding that Fox fires him. Um, These people have fucking unsatiated fucking wet dreams about committing murder, and it's like, what's wrong with you? It, it just makes me wonder, like, how much their life sucks. Like, how big of a fucking loser do you have to be that you're sitting around fantasizing about killing Fauci for giving medical advice? Doesn't say much about you as a person. Just saying. Fucking losers. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that too much, but honestly, keep an eye on these Turning Point USA guys. They're fucking nuts. They are. They're absolutely fucking nuts. Natalie said Rittenhouse, Worst Actor Award 2021. Right. 
James replied, I got in trouble, I think. Mommy, help. Friendly, friendly, friendly. Oh, God. <laughs> right? Fuck. Right. Obviously remorseful to be giving speech to people who fapped to his actions and verdict. Yeah. Great assessment, Wade. Yeah. Yep. Like, that motherfucker ain't remorseful. But you could tell when he was on the stand that, you know, he was doing a really bad job of trying to turn on the waterworks. Like, how do you sit there making face completely dry, not a fucking single tear? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's really all I got for tonight. Um, we're a little over an hour and a half now anyway. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, yeah, I know, right? I don't know how it took us that long to get through those, what, three topics, four topics? Oh, my God, right? Because we have a um, lot of bitching to do about them. God damn it. This is true. This is true. Because they're all fucking infuriating. James clarified, nope, he's a turd that killed people and got away with it. And I mean, that's still putting it pretty nicely. Um, so should we start calling him E. coli? <laughs> Wade, he was thrilled to play Call of Duty Boogaloo Bushwhack. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Wade, Fuck. you're so fun. You're so fun. Fuck. You are. But fuck. So's James, <laughs> but between the two of you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. At least you do find the lighter side to the shit we're talking about. Fucking. Well, yeah. I mean, to to quote Hawkeye Pierce from Mash, I mean, if your options are to laugh or scream, I'd rather choose laugh. <clears throat> I I like that, James. Shit in house. Um, so I want to circle back to the, the people occupying homeless people occupying, um, empty apartments in Berlin. Yes. And, we need uh, some good news. Obviously we already watched the video, but I guess what I wanted to talk about in that regard is, um, well, a, I don't think that they should have left when the cops showed up. Um, but B, we can do that everywhere. Um, adverse possession yeah. laws. Most major cities have them. Find a building that's empty and dilapidated. Start working on it and you can probably get it for the amount of the taxes. <clears throat> um, yeah. Which if it's a dilapidated building is not going to be much. Right. Not much at all. And they would much um, rather see somebody in there improving the property and building a potential for there to be a tax base to be fucking collected from it than to just have it sit empty. Snatch that shit up. Oh, God, Wade. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> this is this is what we deal with. This is. Wade, Wade this is said somebody... Yeah. <laughs> Wade said somebody blew up the shitting house at work today. I hired Kyle to cry for me. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. 
Too bad he still wouldn't be able to squeeze a tear out. You'd have to hand him an onion. Hold on. Do you have something to share? I do. <laughs> right. Notice the dry face. The completely dry face. The feel bad for me look with a completely dry face. You know why? Because he doesn't, doesn't he look like Eric Cartman though? Ew, God, he really does. Um, but uh, he doesn't have feelings for other people, only for himself. Okay. If that's not clear enough from that fucking screen share right there versus him walking in, getting standing ovation and being all fucking boogaloo, proud boy, dumb fuck for the fucking Turning Point USA fucks. Hello, he does not feel bad. He doesn't. He doesn't give a shit that he ended lives that day and fucking permanently affected another one. He doesn't care. He doesn't fucking care because it didn't affect him. He only felt bad for himself because I had to sit on a stand and be questioned about the people I murdered. How dare you make me do such difficult things like talk about the people I murdered. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, James made the joke, Mommy, they want my guns because I killed people. No, um, apparently he got the gun back, which they opted to have destroyed. Or so he claims. I'm sure that he realistically sold it off on the black market for a ridiculous amount. Probably. Here, collector's item. The gun that took down Antifa. Fucking cunts. Fucking cunts. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to have a theory stream, um, on Thursday. We might, but it might be late or it might be next week. <laughs> to be know. honest, I don't know. Um, we kind of need if- a fucking break right now. Just a little bit. Um, that being said, I'm not sure if uh, Mako is doing his stream tomorrow. I know that his latest blog piece is about the Seminole Uprising. Um, and I know that he's got a lot to say. It's the it's the week of the Seminole Uprising. I know that he's got a lot to say about it. So I hope that he is going to be uh, going live tomorrow. Um and, uh, yeah, the theory stream, I mean, I, I hope that we can get it done and have it ready to go Thursday, but if it doesn't happen, then we will see you back next week. Um, right. Cause honestly, given your work schedule this week, our only option to make that happen for Thursday is if we pre-record it tonight after we get done with this. <laughs> so just so y'all know where we're at. You know, um, yeah, it's been another week of the struggle of the juggle, but we're holding it together, getting shit done. So, you know, 
Yeah. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> well, and I mean, everybody's busy for um, the holidays anyway. And I mean, regardless of your background or denomination, almost every culture around the world has holidays in December, uh, towards the end of December. So, right. Like for me, I'm celebrating today. It's solstice. And I mean, I'm of Germanic descent. So, I mean, you know, Yule, the 12 days of Christmas, um, ended on Christmas. Right. Yule predates Christmas, Christmas by hundreds of years. Yeah. yeah. But um, this, this is actually a, a very important time of year when it comes to the pagan practices because it's an acknowledgement of renewal. It's the day that the, the days start getting longer again. The sun is fucking returning um, and we honor nature, you know? So it has a whole lot of effort to do with that. And that's one thing too. A lot of people who are religious might not realize that the roots of Christianity are also in paganism including in especially Christmas, which is really the solstice and Easter, which is spring solstice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> James asked if we were going to do a live Christmas day, three hour tour. Probably not. Um, honestly, for the, for the last day of Yule, usually since I've been out here in Arizona, we've been going for a hike. Uh, Trisha's going to be out here by Christmas day. So, you know, we might be enjoying nature instead. And, uh, I need that reconnection. Honestly, if I could like point my camera outside and show you what outside looks like, you'd understand why. Yeah. Um, I, I did forget to bring up, which Wade just pointed out in the comments that Stalin's birthday was the 18th. Um, I actually meant to talk about that and I meant to have a couple of quotes, uh, ready to go, but I forgot. So I'm going to do that right now. Um, Natalie asked if Nicole will be streaming Facebook or Zoom or both. Um, we've been showing him how to use Restream so that he can hop right on here where it'll kick out to Facebook, YouTube, the whole nine yards and stuff. Um, so actually, I'm not sure if Nicole's still here or not, but if so, let's talk after we get done with this so we can figure some yeah. stuff out. Yeah. If, but if he is using our restream, it'll be going this the same destinations that ours does, plus his should be, assuming that yeah. it's set up. And he's got his own personal YouTube. He's got the Alahi Spirit Runners All Turtle Island page, um, as well as the For We Are Many page, the Left Signal Boost page, um, the For We Are Many podcast Twitch, and the For We Are Many podcast YouTube. Yes. Um. And Mako, if you are still here, if you do need help with that, let us know. Because um, if so, then that would also need to be probably pre-recorded tonight. Because I might 
Well, actually, it should be to your house. By well, his... Assuming that he remembers how to get through Restream, his sh he shouldn't need you to be there for it. Unless he wants you to be there for it. I mean, that'd be cool. Um, I will be at work until he's at least halfway through it. Maybe done with it. I don't know. Um, Great. depends on how long of a conversation he wants to have about it, but, um, either way, I will be at work until at least an hour after he's online. Uh, yeah. So, um, In the old calendar, the Gregorian calendar, Stalin's birthday was the 6th of December, which, you know, when they switched over to the same calendar format that we use, um, is now the 18th of December. But the 18th of December was Stalin's birthday. Uh, he was the, he was a revolutionary from Georgia, first and foremost, and he was the Soviet leader from 1924 uh, when Lenin was no longer able to lead until his death in 1953. Um, he served as both general secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union and as the chairman of the Council of Ministers of the Soviet Union. Um, he wrote a bunch of books, and he really kind of streamlined a lot of Marxist thoughts, Leninist thoughts. Um, he wrote several books, but like, I, I'm going to give you four. Dialectical and Historical Materialism. One of these days, we're going to have the balls to read this on the air and not give a fuck about the trolls. And it's not going to be far away. <laughs> right. Probably springtime, because we do have other books in front of that, but still. Um. Anarchism or socialism is another one. I would highly recommend it if you are not sure what side of that divide that you, um, you know, belong on. If you're not sure if you're an anarchist or a socialist, Stalin can help you answer that question. Um, then there's the foundations of lemon, lemon, lemonism. Jesus Christ, the foundations of <laughs> Leninism. <laughs> Uh, he kind of takes some of Lenin's ideas and expands on them more. Um, Versus lemonism, where every direct action is making lemonade. <laughs> he he kind of really streamlined a lot of Marx and Lenin's writings uh, between the two books, this, uh, Dialectical and Historical Materialism and the Foundations of Leninism. He streamlined a lot of other people's ideas and gave at the time, modern context, you know, like they were learning from Lenin's theory being practiced in reality. Um, you know, what needed to be done and how, and that's kind of what that's talking about. Uh, and then there was also the other, the fourth one I wanted to mention was Marxism and the national and colonial question talks about colonial and uh, colonialism talks about, nationalism and it talks about how marxism relates to the two um 
I mean, ultimately, Marxism is an anti-colonial approach um, and ultimately internationalist in approach. So, again, he lays that out a lot deeper than that. But he uses a lot easier language than Marx did or Engels did um, or Lenin did even. Oh God! <laughs> Natalie asked, "Is that available <laughs> as a Audible type format?" It probably is. Um, let me see if if Goodreads shows any. The link that they're showing is Amazon. So, oh wait, Audible, Barnes and Noble, Walmart eBooks, Apple Books, Google Play, Abe Books, uh, Indigo, Better World Books, Thrift Books. And Amazon, of course. It also says libraries, but uh, I don't know about where you're at, but here in Phoenix, Arizona, you're never going to find a copy of a Stalin book at the library. <laughs> Not likely. <laughs> um, and damn it, Wade, I, <laughs> I'm hearing that in my head now. And now every time I hear that song on the classic rock radio station at work, that's how I'm going to hear it. Yep. A Lennon on a pair. Anyway, I wanted to give you guys some Stalin quotes to uh, kind of ponder. Um, this, this one's still very relevant today. Quote, a single death is a tragedy. A million deaths is a, is a statistic. Here's another one that uh, is is very relevant still. Those who vote decide nothing. Those who count the vote decide everything. Yeah. Education is a weapon whose effect depends on who holds it in his hands and at who it is aimed. This creature softened my heart of stone. She died, and with her died my last warm feelings for humanity. I think that that's a feeling that everybody can relate to, right? Yeah. Indeed. I I mean... It is what it is. I don't know. Uh, History has shown there are no invincible armies. And I believe that at the time he was saying that about... uh, Nazi Germany. This one might be edgy. Death is the solution to all problems. No man, (laughs) no problem. Damn Stalin almost cutting yourself with all that edge. (laughs) Shit. No, this one's good though. I believe in only one thing. The power of human will. Or this one, you cannot, and and I mean, Mao made a whole rant based on this one quote from Stalin, and you may recognize it. You cannot make a revolution with silk gloves. Yep. Absolutely fucking true. Okay, and this is the one I was looking for. 
This one's a kind of long one, and this one is from historical and dialectical materialism. It is difficult for me to imagine what, quote, personal liberty is enjoyed by an unemployed person who goes about hungry and cannot find employment. Real liberty can exist only where exploitation has been abolished, where there is no oppression of some by others, where there is no unemployment and poverty, where a man is not haunted by the fear of being tomorrow deprived of work, of home, and of bread. Only in such a society is real, and not paper, personal and every other liberty possible. Yep. Uh, this one might also, you know, sound like it was echoed by Mao because it was. The only real power comes out of a long rifle. Yep. And um, was also repeated again by the Black Panther Party. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is probably going to be the last one unless I skim and find another really good one. Uh, undoubtedly, our path is not of the easiest, but just as undoubtedly, we are not to be frightened by difficulties. Um, paraphrasing from the well-known words of Luther, Russia might say, quote, here I stand on the frontier between the old capitalist world and the new socialist world. Here on this frontier... I unite the efforts of the proletarians of the West and of the peasantry of the East in order to shatter the old world. May the God of history be my aid. Nice. Classy. Okay, I do got one more, and then this is this is actually going to be the last one. This one's about discipline, and I felt like it was also very relevant. Iron discipline does not preclude but presupposes criticism and contest of opinion within the party. Least of all does it mean that discipline must be blind. On the contrary, iron discipline does not preclude, but presupposes conscious and voluntary submission. For only conscious discipline can be truly iron discipline. You have to be conscious of your discipline. You can't just be blind disciplinarian. Yep. That end, discipline also starts with yourself. It's called self-critiquing. Which is definitely something you should be doing if you're in a position of disciplinarian of anyone else. You should start there before you address anything with any fucking buddy else. Address yourself. Make sure you're coming correct before you even try to correct anyone else. Wade, I think that's more or less where we all um, where we all agree. Um, I'm not sure which one you wanted me to repeat, but I already closed the window. But those quotes just came from Goodreads.com. They have like four pages of them. That was all from the first page. Um, but I was looking for a couple specific ones that I found, so I didn't need to go any further than <laughs> the first page. 
Um, but I, I mean, I think that I, much like we used to in the old days, we used to read a few quotations from Chairman Mao in each episode. I think I want to, for the next couple of weeks, do that with Stalin so we can kind of like see that he was just a man. He wasn't some murderous fucking dictator like Mussolini, like we always try, like anti-communist propaganda tries to paint him. And no, that doesn't mean that we think he was perfect either. But. Right. He wasn't this fucking horrendously evil fucking person like what. I think her battery just died. Yeah, her battery must have just died. Um, that's okay, though. I um, we're about done here anyway. By about, I mean we are done. We've kind of just been bullshitting for ten minutes now. <laughs> um, but I want to thank you guys for um tuning in tonight, and well, really, I guess every every week. Um, and uh, this is going to be a lighter. Uh, week for streams so you're not going to see us a whole lot this week um that being said next week we will be back um probably full strength <clears throat> and um if mako is uh going to be going live tomorrow um to talk about the seminal uprising i hope to see most of you in the comments um I certainly will be watching after I get out of work. Um, and our next theory piece, if it is Thursday, um, I believe that it's going to be Soul on Ice. Hold on. Let me pull up the podcast real quick so I can see. Yeah, the the next um, theory piece is going to be Eldridge Cleaver's Soul on Ice. We're going to be talking about his thoughts on the assassination of Malcolm X. Um, I really hope that we can get it up for Thursday. Um, but yeah. Natalie said it's hard to separate the truth from all the abundance of propaganda surrounding Stalin. Wonder why that is. I forget who it who it was, but somebody told me about a year ago that Stalin is one of the potentially biggest contributors to Marxist-Leninist thought. Um, period. Right. And that's why they try to paint him just like Mao. They try to paint both of them as these evil fucking imperial type dictators that'll just kill anybody for any reason. Um, while, you know, they, they really fucking split hairs and argued semantics to make it look like communism killed a hundred million people in a hundred years. But the facts are that capitalism kills that every five to 10, every five to 10. So, um, we don't talk about that. 
It's all propaganda. Wonder why that is. It's because they don't want us to learn from Stalin. They don't want us to learn from Mao. Um, they don't want to lose their power and wealth. But, uh, yeah, anyway, um, I hope that you all have a wonderful night. And, um, I will see you either Thursday or next Tuesday.